We're talking millennial lifestyle sponsorship on this edition of Money with Friends. That's when consumer tech companies help fund the daily habits of their disproportionately young and urban user base by doing something that is coming, sadly for many, to an end. Good thing we have the debt-free guys, John Schneider and David Otten, to explain what the heck is going on on this edition of Money with Friends. And welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. I'm John. And I'm David. We're and the different guys. guys and co-hosts of the Crew Money podcast coming at you from Topohawken Manor in Myerstown, Pennsylvania. So glad you guys are here. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like the debt-free guys. We break those stories down into what matters to you guys, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. We do it for you six days a week. This episode of the Money with Friends podcast is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash tiller for a free trial, 30 days, 20% off the first year. And of course, that helps to support the show. Welcome back, guys. This is your third show. I know. Yeah, we're becoming pros. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. So what have you been up to? You haven't been on in about a month. Tell us, uh, give us an update. We haven't. So I guess we just officially wrapped up our Crew Money Live tour with the talking uh, with an event in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, and then uh, we have been putting the final touches on our credit score improvement course, which we just launched um, Wednesday of this week, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's right. been our focus. How are you? I am good. Wait, just tell me a little bit more about that. That's with Experian. It's powered by Experian Boost. Right. Yeah. So the focus is, and this is something that has been uh, our followers in the LGBT community have been telling this is one of their primary concerns is that either they have a non-existent or a low credit score that they want to improve. So we have uh, created a five-step course that uh, walks you through some of the essentials that help you either start building a credit score or improve the one that you have right now. Well, with our story coming up, a lot of young people are certainly going to need to uh, focus better on their spending and in turn their credit scores. Let's see which friend is going to bring us into the headline. We'll supply the coffee and they will supply the headlines. That's why I watch Money with Friends. So this article is the millennial urban lifestyle is about to get more expensive. This comes from The Atlantic and was written by Derek Thompson. Uh, so we've broken out some highlights here. Uh, so the article starts off, several weeks ago, I met up with a friend in New York who suggested we grab a bite at a Scottish bar in the West Village. He had booked a table through something called Seated, a restaurant app that pays users to make reservations on the platform. We ordered two cocktails each, along with some food, and in exchange for the hard labor of drinking whiskey, the app awarded us $30 in credits redeemable at a variety of retailers. I'm never offended by freebies, but this arrangement seemed almost obscenely generous. To throw cash at people every time they walk into a restaurant does not sound like a business. It sounds like a plot to lose money as fast as possible <laughs> or to provide New Yorkers who are constantly dining out with a kind of minimum basic income. How does this thing make any sense? I asked my friend. But as their promises soared, the profits didn't. It's easy to spend all day riding unicorns while most magical prop property is their ability to combine high valuations with persistently negative earnings, something I've pointed out before. 
And I do want to just mention, we skipped forward a little bit. So in the article, they do talk about the fact that a lot of companies are providing services and losing money. Yep. Yep. And we'll touch on that here. If you wake up on a Casper mattress, work out with a Peloton before breakfast, Uber to your desk at a WeWork, order DoorDash for lunch, take a lift home and get dinner through Postmates, you've interacted with seven companies that will collectively lose nearly $14 billion this year. If you use Lime scooters to bop around the city, download WAG to walk your dog, and sign up for Blue Apron to make a meal, that's three more brands that have never recorded a diamond earnings or have seen their valuations fall by more than 50%. These companies don't give away cold hard cash as blatantly as seated, but they're not so different from the restaurant app. To maximize customer growth through strategically, or at least strategically, throttled their prices, in effect providing a massive consumer subsidy. You might call this the millennial lifestyle sponsorship in which consumer tech companies, along with their venture capital bankers, help fund the daily habits of their disproportionately young and urban user base. With each Uber ride, WeWork membership and hand delivered dinner, the typical consumer has been getting a sweetheart of a deal. Yeah, and we're going to skip ahead a little and paraphrase because this is a wonderful article from The Atlantic, but it is long. They go on to talk about that this is a great deal for a lot of consumers, um, but that this really can't last forever. They talk about WeWork's troubles and how very often these companies have a lot of churn. They might spend, say, $500 to bring in a customer that on average will spend you know, 100 bucks a month on meal plans, for example, in one of them that they give, one of the examples they give. And then they'll get tired of it after four months. So then mm-hmm. they've spent more than $400 to acquire that customer and they have to go find a new one. And so it sort of was working at first, but it's not always. Um, so let me just read a little bit more. Um, for years, corporate promises profit, promises rose as profit fell. What's coming next is the promise profit conversions. Talk of global conquest will abate. Prices will rise for scooters, for Uber, for Lyft, for food delivery and more. And the great consumer subsidy will get squeezed. Eating out and eating in, ride hailing and office sharing, all will get a little more expensive. It was a good deal while it lasted. In other words, it's unsustainable. Right, guys? Right, right exactly. exactly. Yeah. Businesses that don't make money aren't really businesses. (laughs) Right. Well, but let's be careful because for example, Amazon didn't make money. They strategically accepted that they were going to lose money quarter by quarter while they were building it with a plan. The problem with these, which you guys, you know, basically are implying is that there is no profit plan based on the trajectory they're on. At least not one that anyone can see. And I think we have to think back that during the dot-com bubble, the last one that we had, there were lots of similar businesses not same type of businesses, but similar business models. And only one of those or a handful of those, such as Amazon, have have survived. So it's a very risky strategy, I think, for a lot of venture capitalists and a lot of um, investors who who are getting in there early. Right. And these companies have been spending a lot of money to grow their companies without, as you mentioned, a real plan to profitability. We do tape this live in front of a Facebook audience, and we have a very active and fun (laughs) audience with us today on Facebook. We also have a lot of comments from our Instagram poll, so I want to get to some of that. Sandy is with us. Sandy um, was actually uh, one of our guest co-hosts, thought leaders for season one. Um, Do you want to read Sandy's comment, guys? Yeah. Yeah. So Sandy says that these should these services from these companies should be more expensive because these companies companies are super 
unprofitable. You know, and one of the points that was made in this article was Blue Apron, how they're uh, spending on average $460 to lure in a customer that ends up spending about $400. So they're losing about $60 per customer that they bring in. Multiply that by the millions of people who have signed up for Blue Apron, and they're losing a ton of money. Exactly. We also got, we asked, and I love the, the, the term. I was very fascinated by it. Millennial lifestyle sponsorship. First of all, what did you guys think about that term? I liked it. <laughs> and it gives a new meaning to the uh, acronym MLS, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, what did you think it meant? Well, I, 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 the first time I, re- I read that was actually in the article. So it was pretty self-explanatory to me, but you, you Cause it had context. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it, it is kind of uh, latches on to this uh, clickbaitable issue of millennials are the bane of the world's existence right now, <laughs> um, which we know is definitely not the case. Uh, but it also kind of implies that mil- millennials are maybe takers. Uh, and so that I think that was the kind of the context of what I was thinking when it when it came about. But what's interesting is uh, John and I live in rural America right now. And we avail ourselves of Instacart, and we are paying basically $2 a week to have people deliver our food to us. And you know? we're Gen Xers, so and, we don't yeah. fit that millennial. Right. So we're not urban, urban and we're not uh, millennials, and we're, we're taking advantage of one of these services ourselves right now. I, I think one of the problems that it creates, though, is now society in, in general, or maybe pockets of society, are having a skewed perception of what uh, business costs, what what products and services cost. And I said to David, when, when we read this article the first time, one of these businesses in this article re, uh, badgered us for six months to do free PR for them. So a they, company they, that has been valued at billions of dollars. They don't know how to, to make PR. <laughs> they don't know how to make a profit. Um, and they're trying to take advantage of other businesses to provide them free marketing and PR. I, it, it's a very, a very falsely inflated economy. I think we have right now, <laughs> at least with some of these businesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have. First of all, I just want to give a shout out to um, some of the pe- members of our audience. Ron is here with us. Evan is here. Greg is here. Ken is here. Um, let's read one of Greg's comments. Um, Greg says, one theory I learned in an econ class says that all firms should eventually be barely profitable due to competition. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Well, I don't know if barely profitable is uh, is something to aspire to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it does, uh, it does um, speak to the idea that a lot of companies are constantly trying to gain market share. Market share is a big, uh, a big motivator. The more uh, users you have on your app or individuals you have attending your events, uh, whatever the case may be, if you can say you have more of those, then likely the likelihood is that stock, uh, stock or shareholders will believe that there's a future value. Um, but you have to show the path to value with profitability. And that's one of the things these companies just haven't been able to do. Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting from a consumer standpoint, how people will adjust because as it is, even with these low prices, people aren't necessarily sticking with the companies. And yet, you know, at what point you're paying $2 for Instacart, at what point do you drop the service because it becomes quote too expensive in your perception as a consumer, but yet that's the number that they need to hit in order to be a sustainable business. 
Right. right. Well, I guess we saw a preview of that a couple of years ago when Netflix wanted to increase yeah. their prices, right? <laughs> and people went apoplectic over that. Um, but clearly, Netflix needs to make a profit or we're not going to – none of us are going to benefit from the service that they are able to provide. All right. We don't have a ton of time left. And I do want to get to the question that we asked our Instagram stories audience. We asked them um, – that we said we're going to be talking about this trend, millennial lifestyle sponsorship. What do you think that means? Because it was also a new term to me. And so, by the way, credit to The Atlantic and to Derek for creating that term, if in fact you did. It's new to us. Um, you guys have some of the answers that our, our friends gave us for that, just for fun. Yeah. So it didn't surprise me that one person said that this was parents supporting their millennial children. I think that many of us <laughs> kind of thought that that, was, that may have been the case. Um, but then uh, there was <laughs> I thought this was kind of interesting. One person said social media influencers, that they were speaking about uh, social me- media influencers. Another person said avocado toast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it is kind of it, it is kind of interesting. One person did get it on the uh, hit it on the nail, though. They, they had this uh, the comment that there are companies out there that are bleeding uh, because they're never turning a profit. So. Yeah. Maybe this person had a little bit of insight when they uh, when they answered the question. <laughs> All right. In just a moment, we're going to get to our takeaways. But first, I just want to tell everybody about our sponsor, Tiller. Tiller allows you to manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet. The only service that connects your banks to Google Sheets and Excel with your daily spending, transactions, and balances. And unlike financial apps that force you to compromise, spreadsheets are fully customizable for your needs. So you can make them your own, guys. Tiller makes them even better with an automatic daily feed of your spending balances and transactions. Tiller eliminates data entry, multiple account logins, and CSV files. You just connect your banks once and you can see your transactions automatically updated each day. Basically, once you set it up, you don't have to do much else. Go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Tiller for more info. You can get a 30-day trial. And if you use our link, you will get 20% off your first year. And a reminder, that's on the Stacking Benjamins website because Money with Friends is part of the Stacking Benjamins family of podcasts. And also, please use our link because they do send us a thank you. You can also get links to all of our sponsors by going to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And just click on sponsors there. And while you are on the website, you can also learn more about our thought leaders like John and David. Thank All you, right. Austin. We're ready for takeaways. Do you guys want to go first or do you want the final word? Uh, go first. We'll go first. I, I think that one of the, the uh, big takeaways for us, uh, when we reflected back on the fact that we are paying two, basically $2 a week for someone to deliver groceries, uh, one of the things that we have said to ourselves is that we, we want to give a generous tip because there is no way a company or a human being can live on $2 for a couple of hours of work in the country we live in. Um, so it really kind of points to that idea what John said is I think we all have to reflect on what we're paying for things and ask ourselves, are we taking advantage of someone or something else uh, so that we can get something cheap or, uh, cheap or free? <laughs> I, I love that. I love that you're including the human element. That there's a human being that's yeah. involved in getting this Instacart delivery to you. And if you're only paying $2, what are they making? Exactly. Right. We always think of what is what is their cut? And it can't be a lot if it's only $2. Yeah. Even if they got the whole $2, that is not okay. 
Um, so my yeah, takeaway, a little exactly. bit of a, a little bit of a different angle. I, I feel like the thing to watch here is that these companies have created, or to figure out which of these companies have created a long-term cultural shift that can withstand a price increase. The truth is that companies like Uber and Lyft, for all their problems, the truth is they have changed the way that we travel. Fewer young people, and there are facts to support this, are getting driver's licenses. So those companies, in a way, have a shot because even if they go up in price to a certain point. There are people that have it in their culture, in their lifestyle, and from what we know, in theory, ongoing, that they're going to take Ubers instead of driving for many reasons. It may be harder, though, for companies that do things that we prefer to be easier, like meal kits or, in your case, like Instacart. The truth <laughs> is, you guys, maybe at a certain point, you're going to go to the store again, but at a price point. As we grow into new life stages and many of their customers start having families or are already starting to have families. They're not all millennials. They're also Gen Xers like us, everybody. <laughs> so the economics really do change. And these companies may struggle because as we heard, they do need customers to stick around. Millennial lifestyle subsidies, I love that term, <laughs> may be phased out. But in the meantime, I personally have my seated app. Guys, I use that, the one that we mentioned at the top of the show. Mm -hmm. I have it ready to go. Everybody DM me on Insta for a referral code, <laughs> hashtag not a sponsor. But I do use seated and the discounts are awesome. And I'm going to go with it while I can. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, guys, before I let you guys go, um, tell us more about what uh, you guys, well, you're back tomorrow, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, but you do have your course that you mm -hmm. are talking about how to improve your credit score um, so people can buy all these things. And we're not saying to overspend. Um, tell us about that and where people can follow you. Yeah, I think the big takeaways for the course are one, that it's free and it was uh, created in partnership with Experian, um, part of Experian Boost. So um, it's a pretty solid course. We're excited with the progress it's made so far. And if you need to build your credit score or improve your credit score, uh, definitely check it out at uh, debtfreeguys.com. Great. And where can people follow you guys? We are everywhere. Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Twitter, and Facebook at, at Defri Guys on every platform. And also your podcast. And our podcast, Queer Money. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Come back tomorrow for more with the Debt Free Guys. I'm Bobby Rebel. Have a great day. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.